Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Monday, November 22nd, week 11, just about in the books. I am Michael Beller. If you're with us on YouTube, you probably noticed a little bit of a different background for me. It's a holiday week, you guys. Thanksgiving, just a couple of days away. I am at my mother-in-law's in Cleveland, Ohio, so a little bit of a different setting. You might hear a baby uh, making some noise on this episode. Uh, just excuse it. That's just uh, Sophia Mae Beller trying to get her first podcast debut uh, under her belt in the Thanksgiving week. It's really the best week to do it. Michael Beller here. Jake Seeley also here. Jake, what's going on? Let me be, I hope, the first person to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you are, because I don't think anybody's thinking <laughs> right now already. So, yes. You're... Three days away. Of course we're thinking about it. <laughs> no, but I mean, wishing people a thing, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're officially the first one. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I had to get it in, Jake. You're not going to be with us on the Wednesday episode of this show. So this is this is my only show with you between now and Thanksgiving. I had to get it in. So ha so happy Thanksgiving to you then, really. That's what it really is. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank no, I'm so saying you already fun. got your gift. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to deal with me for a second the second day. <laughs> oh, I get it. You give th do you give Thanksgiving gifts? No. <laughs> it's a Black Friday gift. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I like that. Brandon Funston also here. Funston, I'll wish you a happy Thanksgiving later in the week. So I'll just say, what's up, man? How would week 11 treat you? I'm uh, ready to put it uh, in the put it behind me as quickly as absolutely possible. I think I'm probably in the two percent of people that had Jonathan Taylor and lost. Um, <laughs> I my my home team is the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. uh, my college team is the Washington Huskies. Football's depressing right now <laughs> for me. So <laughs> that's all I can say about that. Oh man, yeah, that is that has to be a, a very very small needle that you threaded with a Jonathan Taylor loss. This week, so yep. I, I've been. I had Ezekiel Elliott. I had CD Lamb. I was Oof. thinking things were going to cruise to victory. <laughs> I went from being like an eighty-eight percent, you know, percent chance to win yeah. to like flip-flopping that as soon as that game was over. <laughs> I, uh, I in in the flex leagues, Jake. Uh, I went up against Jonathan Taylor. I have Austin Eckler in that league, and I'm nowhere. I'm putting up a decent game, but I'm nowhere near winning. No, no, I, I tweeted out last <laughs> night because I was curious if anybody yeah. faced like Hertz and Taylor and Eckler. And I got a lot of those. Uh -huh. I actually had some people that tweeted and showed me that they came back with Eckler facing Jonathan Taylor and stuff like that. So there's some intriguing match. This is what makes fantasy fun. But go play doubleheaders. This is yeah. why I play doubleheaders. I keep saying that. This play doubleheaders. This is absolutely why you play doubleheaders. You really got to find that. Let's start with that game, you guys. Let's start with Colts and Bills. Colts, 41-15, monumental victory. AFC, who the hell knows what's going on in that conference. Uh, really quick, I guess, Jonathan Taylor. Is this a, a completely non-controversial statement right here, Jake, the 1.01 .01 in 2022? No, it's, it's, I'm tired of getting asked it. <laughs> it's like, this is like <laughs> the fifth time I've been asked this question in the past three weeks. No, I still say you, yes. Is, is it? Is he the 101? Sure. Is it unquestioned? No. I still think that when you see Christian McCaffrey's over-under being 150 yards a game, like, I still think <laughs> really he deserves is. to be in the conversation. I, I said that the media is like, <laughs> if I told you, I said, I know it's a big if, but if I told mm -hmm. you Christian McCaffrey plays the entire 2022 season, would you take Christian McCaffrey number one? And that's, that's still a hesitant question. Like, that you would still consider it. And I think that's just why. Mm -hmm. Like, you still have to consider it. Like, yes, Taylor is one, but I don't think the door is closed on somebody else entering the conversation. How does Barkley mm -hmm. finish just the year and then a new coaching staff with no freaking Garrett ruining this offense next year? There's a lot. Yes, Taylor's the answer, but I don't think it's like slam the door shut. He's 101. Let's have the conversation. Who's 102? Well, it's only him and McCaffrey. Right, I think the question is one oh one. Oh, it's one oh one. Then the other guy, and then one oh three. I still think Barkley and Cook could enter the conversation. Both, depending, Cook's probably more out now that they're splitting more with Madison. But I, th I still think you could put them all into the conversation. I mean, what happens? Like, there's just a lot to say that he's definitively one of like. What happens if Carson Wentz 
breaks his ankle again in week 17. He's not even the quarterback next year. Like, there's just a lot of things that go on. Like, yes, he's the one-on-one, but I just still, I still think there's four people in this conversation. Fun. Yeah, I mean, if we're drafting right now, mm-hmm. ninety, you know, probably ninety-eight percent of leagues we'll are going to take, take Jonathan Taylor. Number, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, as Jake said, we're not drafting right now, mm-hmm. and there's, as we know, so much can change yeah. in the landscape in just a matter of a month. Well, speaking of so much changing, are we sure that there's nothing wrong with the Bills, Funston? No. I, we were all ready to just put this behind us, and then this game against the Colts. I mean, jo- another ugly game for Josh Allen. Another inefficient game. Two hundred nine yards, six yards per attempt, two picks. Like, are we comfortable saying that we can ignore this and move on with this team? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, it's. I think it's uh, indicative of what we're seeing league wide mm-hmm. and what we saw with Kansas City, what you see with Russell Wilson. These teams that I, I think what we're going to see because we've had such a big swing in the passing uh, direction is that now we're going to have to see a swing back into a, a running direction because teams are just no longer letting teams just just throw the ball over the field. They're making and if you don't have balance, and I think it's a you know why we're seeing. Indy have success because they can play off of that run. Why Tennessee was so good early on in the year with Derrick Henry, you can play off of that as well. But if teams don't have the ability to have a threat running the ball, defenses I think figure that out and, and just decide, you know what, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to beat us by being balanced, being able to throw underneath. And it sometimes takes a while. Like Josh Allen and the Pat Mahomes of the world, mm-hmm. big gunslingers, mm-hmm. they're not really loving to do that, you know. And and you know, begrudgingly, Mahomes has started to do it. But, uh, you know, I don't know that Josh Allen's got there yet. Yeah. This, uh, we, if I could get it out of my mouth. <laughs> I, was about to start, <laughs> I was about to start three different thoughts at the one time, and then my brain just shut down. Like the guy at the control center just went, ah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> You're like, uh, like Mr. Burns when he has all the diseases and they can't get through yes, the door because yeah, they're yeah. on perfect balance with each other. That's really what happened because I was about to echo Funston's statement, and then I was about to say the fact is also like when I talked with Meany, we were talking about the top teams. Like if you had to pick Super Bowl contenders as of today, the Bills don't even come in the conversation with how they came to play. And then to go to the second part of it, I was going to say also it was a kind of a nasty-ish weather game, so I'm not putting too much. So all those three combined, that's what I tried to get out of my mouth at once. <laughs> and it really because that too, there are legitimate concerns. And it comes down to, as you mentioned, yeah. they, they need balance. We saw, we're actually seeing now the opposite with what's going on with the Coles is that it's working. But that's why, as a sidebar, I said, go field some offers for Jonathan Taylor. You could get, it's never going to be higher than what you get today. You could get a hole and a half for what they think Christian McCaffrey holes that used to get in past years. And I say that to say this, do I think Taylor is going to struggle down the stretch? Absolutely not. But what Funston just said, if you're looking at the Colts with the way that they've played the past couple games, you just go out there and say, we're just going to do everything we can to stop Taylor because Wentz is not beating anybody right now. And I think that's what's going on with the bills. Yeah, you might want to go after Michael Pittman right now. That way, you know, because that's going to be what they're going to have to pivot to, maybe. But I think uh, really quickly, I want to say Salfino said this uh, on his, in a scouting notebook: is the Bills are a dome team, you know, playing in yeah, a Buffalo. cold weather environment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They're kind of a contradiction. Yeah, they, we're seeing that play out too, as well. You guys, Sunday Night Football hey, uh, was in a dome uh, this uh, week. The, oh, the, bill, the Bills are. <laughs> Yeah, they're the Thursday night, they're the, oh, yeah, Thursday, the Thanksgiving yeah, night Thanksgiving game night. In, in New Orleans. Yeah. So you're, yeah, that's what you're yeah. telling me, Josh Allen number hey. one, Stephen Diggs number one. Yeah. <laughs> rebound week for the go. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, rebound fourth quarter for the Pittsburgh Steelers in their 41-37 loss to the Chargers on Sunday night football. Uh, Jake, are you buying what you saw from Roethlisberger in that third quarter statistically wise? Because, I mean, that fourth quarter was better than most of his games this season. So this is why I say trust your gut is because my gut, I kept wanting to put Ben Roethlisberger inside the top 15 this week because I already trusted what I saw from Ben Roethlisberger, and I've been saying that for a couple of weeks, and this is why I keep buying low on Chase Claypool. Ben Roethlisberger's looked pretty good. Is he still broken? Yes, his body's not 100%. It's never going to be 100% again. 39 years old, yeah. <laughs> but he, he looks good, and he has looked good, and he has looked good with dwindling options in that passing game. And, you know, everything in the projections is like, all right, I, the highest I guess I can go is 2021. And my gut kept saying, I want to put him up like 15, 14. I would play him if it was my team. I think I would play. Put it this way. I went into this week and say, like, I would have played if my team, I would have played him over Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was ranked ahead of him. This is why sometimes, you, again, trust your gut if you disagree with me. Um, they're not 100% right. And I'm not saying at the victory lap, I did not expect it to be that good. 
I still respect the Chargers pass defense, although I still expected Justin Herbert to have more of like a QB 7-8 kind of week because of the Pittsburgh's defense. Nobody's defense showed up in that game. This is like what happens. But a few weeks ago, we also had nobody's offense showed up in a game where Jacksonville beat Buffalo. What was it, 9-6? to So it's kind of one of those weeks. I still think the passing game with Ben Roethlisberger is better than what people want to give it credit for. Am I ready to call him a QB 1? <laughs> Absolutely not. Let's go to the next one right here because we got to get to funds. It's our... Regular Funston Mike Williams question. Mike Williams, 53-yard touchdown to uh, win the game for (laughs) the L.A. Chargers. Up until that point, it was a whole lot of Keenan Allen, a whole, whole, whole heck of a lot of Austin Eckler. (laughs) But Mike Williams saves the day for himself. For the uh, Chargers, no idea what Jake's is that a roller coaster, yeah. Jake? <laughs> no, I was trying to rise from the grave. I can't really get. I couldn't lay completely down because the, ar- the the arm is here. I couldn't get all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> well, did he do it, Funston? Did Mike Williams rise from the grave with that fifty-three yard touchdown last night? You know, my my last time we talked about him, I said that he was like uh, you know mostly dead from Princess Bride, Billy Crystal yeah. saying you know, uh, and I think we have resuscitated him a bit. But you look at what you know, you look at the season is tough with Mike Williams. He's got just counted up four games, eighty plus yards and a touchdown. Five games under sixty yards and no touchdown. So, you know, you get into that Jared Cook world that that Jake likes to talk about. It's like he's not dead. He's capable of having these big games, but. You know, is he kind of becoming a poor man's A.J. Brown where you can see the upside, but, you know, sometimes you're you're wanting. I'm still not, you know, I'm still not sure every time I'm going to put Mike Williams in my lineup what I'm going to get the thing with a 53-yard touchdown, you know. All right, guys, let's get on to the next game that I want to talk about here. Carolina and Washington. Washington with an impressive 27-21 to victory uh, in this game. Really thought the Panthers were going to be able to take care of business. But Cam Newton mostly took care of business for his fantasy managers. 189 yards, 7 yards per attempt, 2 passing touchdowns, ran for a touchdown as well, and 46 yards. Jake, did he prove his QB1 bona fides for the rest of the season? Mm, yeah, No. Is this because Cam Newton still this is it's it's the rushing touchdown and then on the passing side of it was still one and you know two hundred ish yards. It really comes down to this is Cam two, Newton takes two scores. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, at the end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, he's, he, the thing is, I was gonna say is the comparison I was gonna make is the what we were making the comparison for Taysom Hill. Is Taysom Hill's Cam Newton. Well, Cam Newton's Taysom Hill. Cam, Cam Newton's Taysom Hill before Cam, Taysom Hill was the thing. Finkel's Einhorn. They're the same guys. If <laughs> You have a down week where he doesn't get a rushing touchdown. You could potentially be looking at QB 20. That's really what it comes down to. Yes, yeah, two scores. It's also Washington. And you look, uh, who's Carolina grab this week? Grab. Who, who they get this week? Uh, at Miami. At Miami. That's a yeah. bad. See, that's like you hope that DJ Moore can do his job over the middle and Cam Newton can. But if you're looking at a passing matchup type of situation, let's say Cam comes out of this game with only 40 rushing yards and not a touchdown. Is he really going to throw for two plus and 250 against Miami? I would doubt it. So he's outside the QB one conversation, but of all of them, similar to like if Taysom Hill was starting, if -hmm. Justin Fields didn't get hurt, it's basically Mm -hmm. you finish fifth or you finish 20th and you just kind of know what (laughs) you're getting into with that, that kind of quarterback. Funston, you got a different take, or you you you're good to move on to our next thing? We can move on. Yeah, I'm. I, I you know I wasn't man enough to start Cam Newton so ahead of Russell Wilson, uh, like I told everybody else to do. I just couldn't do it, <laughs> and I'm paying the price for it yeah. in that Jonathan Taylor league. So yeah, I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, you just didn't I talk Cam about Newton. it. He was he was my Lamar Jackson pivot. I had, I had a lot of fun with Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, I had Cam going in a couple of superflex leagues, both of which one's for sure a win, one is looking like a win as long as I get something basically out of Mike Evans tonight. How about Antonio Gibson, Funston? We got quite a bit. Out of him in Washington's win and the the workload was there remember last week you put him up as a week 10 winner and you said it was largely because of just the work that Washington was comfortable to give him 19 more carries Antonio Gibson back I think so I mean and we can't just I mean and the opponents that he had, Carolina's been a good defense. Tampa the week before these are legit run defenses getting volume Uh, this one he actually got you know, yardage production last week, he had to, you know, there was, it was tough going, but he got the touchdowns and he just kind of did what he had to do this week. He's actually, you know, put some actual yardage production behind it. So yeah, weirdly, I think you can say that he's a lot, a lot healthier. Maybe, you know, I, I always mentioned Virginia Zakas and how long this injury is and stuff like that. And if you mm-hmm, played when mm-hmm. you're injured, it could actually set your timeline back and you can, you could injure it further. Like, 
the way he's run the last two weeks, you kind of have to think that maybe this thing is better and, and it has healed because, I mean, it doesn't look like he's going backwards at this point. 43 carries right over the last two weeks. Washington clearly uh, is comfortable with where his health is, and that came uh, into <laughs> his uh, benefit. In, uh, well, I mean, Jake, I'm not saying they should be, but we have to assume right. they are. No, that, that's where it comes down to is I'm more scared yeah. about the fact that, yeah, yeah I, I, he keeps ref, you keep mentioning Virginia. And I think she's yeah. right. And that's my concern is that Washington is yeah. out there just like, screw it. We're going to give him a million touches and we're going to get to week 14 and he's going to be completely broken. Yeah, I mean, that team doesn't necessarily have the greatest track record when it comes to uh, making the appropriate health decisions for their players. Hopefully that is not something that is uh, going on with Antonio Gibson. Let's rewind you guys to Thursday night when we saw the Patriots take care of business. Now the first place New England Patriots take care of business, beat the Falcons 25 nothing, And we have a new situation, I think, to talk about between Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, you guys, because Ramondre Stevenson, they both look good. But if you had to say one looked better, Ramondre looked better. So, Jake, take this one first. How are you treating these guys if you have <laughs> either one of them on your fantasy teams? Dream <laughs> is like, hey, this is we, we were avoiding it for a while, but it's back. We're back to being annoyed. But <laughs> annoyed and it's not as bad as it used to be annoyed. At least this is now the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They're both usable. Mm-hmm. They're both fine. Damian Harris would rank ahead of Stevenson for me going forward and continue to do so. I think Stevenson's shown a lot more, especially in the passing game, than any of us, including myself, expected. But that's not a bad thing because they're both used in the passing game. They're both used in the run game. There'll be weeks where Stevenson finishes in front of Harris, just like there's weeks where Javante Williams finishes in front of Melvin Gordon. Guess mm-hmm. what? They're both low-end RB2s, and you have a potential RB1 upside of both of them going forward. So all four of them. Yeah, though I'll probably you know what the funny thing that says ranking out there is like I think you'd probably find all four of them inside the twenty to twenty eight range going forward. <laughs> right, and he definitely would. And and, and Beller, <laughs> I I just want to say I don't think Damian Harris looked a whole lot worse than Stevenson. I think they both no, looked no. about equal. I mean, I thought Harris. That's what I said. I said if you had to pick one, look better. If you had to pick, you would. I think you would pick Stevenson. But it wasn't it like may, yeah, oh my god, look at Stevenson. He's so much better than Harris. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jake's, Jake's right. This is Denver. This is <laughs> this is Denver East. You know, so yeah, they'll be in my twenty to twenty eight range. I'm sure in my rankings this week. I, I think I feel like that window could be even tighter. That it's going to yeah. be like those four guys across five spots for the rest of the season, <laughs> and with just the way that those backfields are going, and they all get plenty of usage too. I mean, that's that's true of them also. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Denver East in New England with the backfield, <laughs> Kyle Pitts, guys. I mean, we're in the pits here with what he's been doing over the last few weeks. Now you go over his last four games: twelve catches, twenty-five targets, one hundred sixty-four yards. You're playing Kyle Pitts if you have him. Most people's trade deadlines have passed. I guess you could try to trade him if he was still, if your deadline is still open. But like with everything that's going on with Atlanta's offense, I I mean, Funston, how much better than this can we expect week in and week out out of Pitts? I think you get Cordero back. um, You know, you get a better matchup than New England. Um, Kyle Pitts is going to be. He's going to be okay. He's going to be, you know, he was putting up 60 yards and we were getting kind of frustrated with that. But mm-hmm. I think we could see him return to that. We were not going to get like this generational rookie tight end season that everybody kind of was sort of predicting. And we were seeing it kind of emerge. And then Calvin Ridley goes out, you know, and then we get Cordero out. I think they have to have Cordero back and they have to have a little better matchup. And I think you're going to, you know, be looking at a guy that you can feel comfortable playing in your top eight tight ends, but just not going to be the upside we we imagined really was hoping we would get that breakout uh when it was building it felt like it was building and it just doesn't feel like that atlanta offense has the fertile ground to supply pits with the ability to get to that level this season the 49ers you guys are getting to that level that we thought that they could maybe reach in the preseason and we're really seeing the fully healthy 49ers for the first time they wax the jaguars 30 to 10 and i don't really have a question here but i mean this fully healthy 49ers team jake it's just it's fun brandon Ayuk taking off Debo Samuel running the ball a ton best running back on that team right now uh, George Kittle hitting the ground running right when he comes back from injury three straight games of the touchdown they're just a fun offense right now they are fun and if we had that bet with the Ayuk Debo situation we had at the beginning of the season going forward right oh. now it might be a little bit different you, <laughs> you, I wouldn't make that bet with you going forward like I would have done it like this. so yeah. you know yeah they're gonna take that one but I wouldn't take it going forward and also I, hot take here alert like whatever it might oh. be 
is I think the Debo use and what Jeff Wilson did yesterday makes Mm -hmm. me more confident that Mitchell is still the guy. I think that Mitchell Shanahan, I I went on and on and on about the fact that Shanahan tricks us, but Shanahan tricks us when he has multiple options is what he's told us so far as Mitchell is the guy. He tried to get Mitchell still back out there. Wilson was underwhelming. He got a vast amount of touches, enormous amount of touches, but was underwhelming with them. And then as mentioned, Debo Samuel came in, which I think just would be where Wilson falls to. He would get the run that Debo got and that Mitchell's coming back. So if anybody's panicking about Mitchell, and you can call me crazy for getting Shanahan again, but I'm going to, as you mentioned, if the deadline hasn't passed, I'm going to go get Mitchell from people if I can. I don't think that's crazy. I don't Funston, think it's crazy. Think that's crazy. No, you, I think it's. I think well, it's I don't know, we're all geniuses. I'm just saying, like, go, just you have to see the Twitter world because people are only looking at Mitchell missed the game. You know, Jeff Wilson got to over 20 touches, and like people are now panicking because they've been we've been burned by Shanahan before. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Jake. See, I, I heard I'm the baby cry. She's been burned. Yeah. She's been burned. She's been yeah. burned by oh, Shanahan yeah. in the past. Yeah, she 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 agrees with you too. I think that's really what this is, and uh, yeah, I just want to see I want to see this team be as healthy as they've been over the last few weeks because it really is just a, a fun offense, and it's something that feels like it's been in you know sort of short supply uh, over these last few weeks. We need these fun fantasy offenses going. That's why we love what the Vikings and Packers did in Week Eleven. Packers and Vikings delivered 34-31 Vikings victory. You guys, uh, probably the most fun game, I think. Most start-to-finish fun game of Week 11. Uh, Jake, Justin Jefferson, how many wide receivers can you rank ahead of him in 2022? It's no more than two. I was was just about to say, don't ask me anything about the Vikings. There's nothing to talk about with the Vikings every single week. This will be the only one. But this... He's top three. I, I yeah. said the same con- and I had this same answer when somebody said Jamar Chase going forward. Also for Dynasty as well. The yeah. only reason you might lean Chase in Dynasty over Justin Jefferson is because who knows Kirk Cousins. At least you know that Burrow and Chase are going to be together for yeah. five, six, seven, eight years likely, unless <laughs> Cincinnati's stupid. Uh, but that <laughs> 2022. Jefferson and it's Jefferson Adams could still be in the conversation if he leaves with yeah. Rogers, but there's a lot of ifs mm-hmm. there. No matter what it is, Justin Jefferson's top three. So is it yeah. is Cup and Tyreek and Jefferson? I would say no, Tyreek would be in the conversation. I was gonna say yeah, Adams. Cup, Cup, Adams, and Jefferson, and Cup would be number one still for me. Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I think it's fair to say. I, I I haven't automatically just jettisoned Tyreek from that top three, but uh yeah, I mean See, he was never there for me. Because the the down games, the down games, three, four who points. Was, who was never there for you? I was Tyreek Tyre- to the baby. Tyreek is the next tier down. It's similar to running back. For me, Tyreek's the next group. Like he's the Alvin yeah. Kamara next group, Derrick Henry next group. So Tyreek is there with a healthy AJ Brown, if that's a thing. I jokingly said this on Twitter yesterday. I was like, we drew all the Julio Jones comparisons of when he had left college. I, I was really hoping it wasn't going to include the injuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just I love this team. I love this Vikings team because they're one of the few bankable teams in the sport that we have right now, and just what they do fantasy wise, right? It's like we know exactly what we're getting out of these guys, superstars, and we can trust them, and it's so much fun. What about Marquez Valdez Scantling, you guys? Because he had the big game, and we've seen big games from Marquez Valdez Scantling. We've seen big games from Alan Lazard. Usually, it's not predictive of what's going to come in the future, but ten targets for MVS in this big game of his, does that make him more or less or no change interesting for you, Funston? Well, he's interesting because of the targets, uh, because of the air yards, because he's a big play, you know, guy off of the Devontae Adams attention. Um, but it's not always that Al Lazard is injured and that Aaron Jones is injured and that there's mm-hmm. no Robert Tunyon. And so this, I think, was a perfect storm for... It is always no Robert Tunyon this Well, season. it is now, but I'm just saying it, had, <laughs> it hadn't been. And, it, you know, Aaron Jones as, a, as one of the better receiving backs as an option wasn't mm-hmm. there either. So I just think this was sort of a perfect storm for something like this to happen for MVS. I don't think we're going to suddenly see a, a level of consistency that's going to be a major step above what we've seen from MVS before, although it could be in the short term just because of these injuries. 
I'm giving him a thumbs up too. I just want to know now. We got the Marquez. I just want to know if it's Valdez or Valdez, because now we're getting Valdez too. So now we're getting Marquez Valdez. Scantling, and like, how do you pronounce your damn name, dude? (laughs) It should be MVS. It should just be MVS. We can all pronounce just like save it like that. Yeah, Yeah. MVS is just fun. It's fun to say too. It's fun to say, and uh, we'll get Matt. I love how I love how Phil missed the beginning. Phil missed the beginning of the show, but he immediately picked up because of what you're dealing with on the video that you're with the yeah. in-laws. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Phil. This is this is definitely right on the money there. In-laws place, gotta love that. Feeling good about it too. Well, yeah, we, we, it's Thanksgiving. It's a holiday week. We're all we're all making it work for sure. Eagles making it work in a big way. You guys, a forty to twenty-nine win over the Saints. Have you guys checked out the Eagles' upcoming yes. schedule? Yeah, thanks to the entire NFC looks, East. They just get to coast yeah. against each other. Yeah. At Giants, at Jets, Washington, by Washington Giants. It's the second one's at The Eagles Washington. do have the best one of all yeah. of them. The Cowboys I mean, are pretty simple, too. The Washington's uh-huh. not that bad. Like, the entire division plays each other. Well, here's what. Here's my answer. Possibly, but I don't care. Because, I was gonna, that's my question. It, like, if they are a playoff-bound team, is that going to, like, trickle down no. to the fantasy world in any noticeable way? Oh, I, that's I've been. This is as Funston knows. He's been editing for as long as you can think. It's, I've been kept saying is go buy low for one. Everybody, oh, Hertz is going to get benched. Yeah, okay. The all <laughs> buy low on Hertz and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard and the backfield. And not that I'm super excited for the backfield, but that schedule has been something I've been hammering home for weeks. But for playoff real life purposes, mm-hmm. there's another reason why Hertz won't get benched. But on top of it, for real life, for like real NFL, I don't care. There's a big five in the NFC. Everybody else, I, I could not care less who ends up as the sixth and seventh seed. It doesn't matter. Really quick, are the Vikings closer to that big five, or are they closer no. to Eagles and everyone else? No, they're they're everyone else. Everybody, the big five are Arizona Packers, yeah. Rams, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys. Bucks, and Cowboys. And yeah, boy. Cowboys might fall out if they have another performance like they did yesterday. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, we're they, gonna they, we're, that that game's next. That game's next. Ooh. So hold that thought because <laughs> okay, this is a okay. quick turnaround. Just, yeah. This is a quick turnaround <laughs> it, on Thanksgiving. Is. Quick, quick turnaround for this team. Um, Funston, Miles Sanders, is he back in RB2 land? Uh, yeah, I think so. If Jordan Howard is, you know, I don't know how injured he is at the moment, but, mm-hmm. like, this is a team that just decided we are going to just completely sell out to the run now. You know, early yes. on, their their thoughts were they were going to let Hurts throw the ball, and then they just said, you know what, we're just having a sea change on offense. So, Given how they are just basically going Cleveland style with their with their <laughs> rushing attempts, I think you have to think of Miles Sanders as a as a back end RB two. It's funny. We looked at last week with Devontae Smith when he scored the two touchdowns and we're like, Yeah, the two touchdowns are awesome, but he had four catches, yeah. six targets, sixty whatever yards and two touchdowns. And like that's it's really more the four sixty and six that is going to be predictive of what's coming next. And what does he do this week? Four catches, six targets, 61 yards, zero touchdowns. And so it really is these, uh, it's the running backs and Jalen Hurts who you really feel are locked in as to what they are in the fantasy world. Obviously, Devontae Smith has a higher ceiling in a given week than Miles Sanders, but it just feels like that's going to be something that's dodgy the rest of the season, which also maybe describes this Dallas Cowboys offense. (laughs) Amari Cooper. Maybe C.D. Lamb out on Thursday. Is there an argument, Jake, oh, to bench Dak on Thanksgiving? I look. There's always an argument, depending on what your options are. Hell, if you went out there and grabbed Cam Newton as a bench stash, uh, mm-hmm. Vegas pass rush has been pretty good. There also the other side of it is that there are concerns on the offensive line with Dallas. Yeah, you know, I'm looking down the schedule. You know, Burrow at home against Pittsburgh. I don't know if I would go that far, but I could. That's like we're already having that conversation. Wentz at home against Tampa Bay. I don't think I'd go that far because Wentz has been miserable of late. Two against Carolina, maybe Cam Newton. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, that's so. Going down this schedule here, you can make the argument more so than you ever were before because Dak Prescott essentially before this is top five, six quarterback. But yes, they are all reports, unless a shock of shocks because of his concussion is exceeding Lamb's out. So he's down to Gallup Cooper. and Cedric Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Cooper's out so, too. So I was going to say uh, Cooper's out too. So mm-hmm. you're looking at possibly, a, like you just Funston mentioned, this could be a go with the Browns game plan and just pound it, pound it, pound it with Zeke and Pollard. And maybe that's how they keep this competitive because that's the one thing. You can run. This is why I was so high on Joe Mixon in DFS mm-hmm. this week. Just run on the Raiders. Devontae Booker went bananas against them. Run on the Raiders. <laughs> I will say this. You tell me we, we're having this conversation next Monday. On my uh-huh. birthday, by the way. 
Happy early, uh, happy early Thanksgiving. Happy no, early you birthday. don't get the happy early birthday, man. <laughs> the best part about my birthday is the Spider-Man tickets go on sale. I'm so fun. I'm just that. I'm waking up on that my is, birthday, and that, I don't that even care about my birthday. Thing. I'm just gonna buy Spider-Man tickets. That is the best uh, so really, I'm counting down. I've this, got one of those like uh, um, paperclip chains, counting down the days. Oh, that one, you should get one of those. What are those calendars? That the advent calendars. You get an advent calendar for Spider-Man. I say this. This I have the feeling like this could be one of those games where it's like the Falcons of old with Freeman and Coleman that we all of a sudden like see mm-hmm. Zeke finishes RB5 and Tony Pollard finishes RB12 next week. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Is like It feels like a week <laughs> if we have both Zeke and Pollard, you start them both. And Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, the Cowboys are still seven-point favorites in that game, which is actually the biggest spread. Cowboys minus seven against the Raiders, Patriots minus five and a half against the Titans, and then everything else is four or lower. I'm, ta- I'm, ta- right now, I'm so. taking the easy cover for the Raiders in that one. How did you, you saw the tweet yesterday? We mentioned the Lions cover. Yeah, yes, we did. Right, they, they the best O nine and one team. Whoever responded to you, uh, <laughs> one of our followers out there. I don't best know, I don't know if they were the agreeing or they were trying to take a shot at the fact that, like, but hey, look, seven to three against the spread. Yeah, I would take that. Hey, let me tell you something. I, um, as I, as you guys know, and I've definitely mentioned, and so if you haven't heard it, my, uh, in, I'm at my in laws, which is in Cleveland. And so I watched all of that game, start to finish. Browns, Lions, yeah, man, that was that was terrible. (laughs) That was a horrible, horrible watch. Uh, Funston, let's give you another RB two question. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I I was surprised to see him. I mean, back, sure, but basically in total command. I wanted this question. Yeah, I was going to say it feels wrong for me to handle this question because I know Jake has so much to say. Both you guys get fine. Fine. Uh, no, because what no, is no, there no, to say though? Fun to go first. <laughs> the con- I mean, you, okay, well then fine. You, Here's what I'm gonna say. I this is another example. I, I'm, I'm, the same thing. I said it about Dave Montgomery. I said it about uh who was the other one that just and now I'm having a brain fart. Whoever it was, is this the same thing? The uh, only thing that did pushed me from not putting Clyde Edwards Alaire inside the top twenty was a four PM game and we had to wait to see that he was definitely playing. There was still word out there that we're gonna have to wait mm-hmm. to see what he looks like in pregame and they're gonna evaluate him in pregame. What I'm going to say is learn this lesson again. They have a bye this week. They brought a player back who was behind somebody who was playing well. Daryl Williams was great in the replacement of Edwards Alaire, and they still chose to bring Edwards Alaire back. That's all you need to know. Just like David Montgomery and the other person I'm having a brain fart with that I can't think of that the same thing happened. Yeah, who was This is it? how you... I know. This is how you Spilling read the tea leaves of the NFL. <laughs> I'm trying to look down the teams. I'm trying to remember who the hell it was. Somebody should help me out here because I'm struggling uh. with it. This is absolutely killing you me. You guys are no help. Oh, there's Christian McCaffrey. It's Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, sure, and sure. They Wasn't brought him, him back when they didn't need I mean, that Yeah, they brought him back. Him? No, it was because they brought him back when they didn't need to. And that game in that morning was the fact that Royce Freeman was made inactive that day, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel I'm, like we were I'm talking about someone else in this context, here, even though but... that is what you're what you're describing did happen with McCaffrey. But I feel like there was another player we were talking about in this context. But no matter who it was, this is still very true about uh, about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Chiefs on a bye next week. Hill should be right back in control of this backfield in week 13. This actually worked out beautifully, Funston, because now you get to uh, cry get to talk about, about the Seahawks. Because <laughs> now that's, when, that's the game we're on here. Cardinals win 23-13. Cardinals taking care of business. Two and one without Kyler Murray. They go into their bye. Should get Murray back after that. Funston, do we have to recalibrate just our overall expectations for what Seattle is, what Russell Wilson is for the rest of this season? Uh, yeah. In 2022. Yeah. <laughs> I think this. I think the Seattle uh, football team, as we know it, is about to get blown up in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I look at you can't you can't play Russell Wilson right now. You can play him in a two QB league as a as your second QB if he's, you know. But you got to think about him like a twenty to twenty four and that. Uh, kind of range quarterback and oh, I, I don't even know if that's that might even be too strong right now it's just it's really hard for them to complete passes Russell's hanging on the ball his accuracy is off uh they don't they they don't have enough diversity in their offense they can't run the ball right now they're not trying to establish the run so there's nothing to play mm-hmm. off with the play action uh you know teams it's it's just frustrating and you just can't play Russell right now especially in one QB one QB leagues there's there's probably 20 quarterbacks in the league you should play over Russell right now. Is Trevor Simeon one of them? Uh, maybe <laughs> matchup dependent, maybe. But I, I still, I still say we need to see Taysom Hill because Trevor Simeon sucks. He just sucks. <laughs> I, uh, Jake, did you have something you wanted on, on to get in on this? No, he mentioned the next thing he was going to say. So there you go. You covered it. By the way, Gontam, uh, however you say, Dave Montgomery was the one that I said first. It was Dave Montgomery, not Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And then it was Christian McCaffrey. 
I think I think wasn't Elijah Mitchell too in the I fact was gonna that say Elijah he Mitchell came back. Yeah, to I, yeah I think that's who but, it was. But all that being said, I, we've now seen it four or five times this year. Is when the person mm-hmm. in front's been performing well, and they go right back to the other guy. Yeah, yeah, very well timed buy for the Cardinals. They go two and one with Colt McCoy. They should get Kyler and back no after Hopkins. the buy. Should yeah, should get yeah right. No Hopkins should get Hopkins back after the buy. They go into the buy as the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, you couldn't have drawn it up much better for Cliff Kingsbury and company, uh, knowing they were going to have to play this many games without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Let's look at the other side, because uh, the one seed in the other conference is still the one seed, but probably not feeling too great today (laughs) after losing to the Houston Texans. The Tennessee Titans go down 22 to 13. Look at that. Look at those little chomp, chomp noises out of Barkley. That's freaking I was going to say, can you hear that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's great. We got all sorts of cuteness happening on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Titans are in trouble without Derrick Henry, you guys. I mean, this offense, they've won two games, but this offense has been legitimately bad for all three of these games. I mean, actually bad. Going into this game, they were, it was just a two-game sample, right? But they were um, 4.02 yards per play. That is 0.7 yards per play behind the 32nd ranked for the full season. Chicago Bears, and they were at 229 total yards per game. That was 50 yards behind the Texans, who are last in the NFL for the full season. I mean, this has been a bad offense without Derrick Henry. And Funston, you can take this first. I'm not sure there's any reason to think it's going to get much better until Henry is back, which is going to be the NFL playoffs. It's the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. I mean, A.J. Brown is the only person that you would care about as a defensive, you know, coming into that game, just looking at that team. I mean, Mm -hmm. look at their replacement level everywhere else. Jeff Swaim now (laughs) a tight end. Uh, You know, Marcus Johnson goes out with the hamstring injury or whatever. What do they got now? I mean. They got three. They got three running backs off the basically the street that they're that they're playing. Uh, so it's really, and that's why I'm just like these these AJ Brown games aren't going away because again, any any defensive mind that comes into this is not that hard to figure out how you're scheming against Tennessee. Yeah. So Atlanta Falcons of the East of the AFC. Jake, take this uh, take take this for a second while I plug my computer in. <laughs> Are we continuing with the Titans? Yeah. Then yeah, I'll continue with the Titans. I, I was gonna, I was gonna continue with the backfield. So there you go. That's what we're moving on to is the fact that Deonta Foreman was a hell of a giant bust for everybody, and you know the, the fact that going forward it looks like it's gonna be Adrian Peterson, but another backfield similar to the Bills, similar to the Texans that I don't even want anything to do with. But another example, Funston, of the fact that this is why I go running back heavy. Yes, we get injuries at all positions, but we're chase like. How many weeks in a row now have we been chasing these random running backs? And 50% of them at least have been the wrong, have been a wild this. So like we, we just did it with Atlanta. We are talking about Atlanta. We j- you brought out the conversation. We just said, like, all right, well, Mike Davis is finally going to be a thing. Or maybe Wayne Gallman's going to take over. Nope, not even Wayne Gallman. It's Condre Olsen. And this is why I don't want to play this game at this point of the season. I don't want to be chasing the wrong running back. Well, and this is what I – people like to, like – champion the zero RB thing. I think this has been just such the worst year for zero RB. You had to hit on Elijah Mitchell and, worst and Cordero <laughs> Patterson. And uh, in in the top 10 at each position, it's a lot more reliable at the running back position this year than it is at the wide receiver position. The thing you guys is, are going to bring the zealots out after us now by saying all <laughs> no, this. You know because they're, they're wrong. The, zero RB does work. Zero RB works if you're the only person in your <laughs> league trying to do it. Yeah. And back when it first kicked off, that's what it was. The majority of people who did it were only the, the only people in their league doing it. Like once you have two or three, even three teams trying to chase the same waiver wire running backs because they went wide receiver heavy, is this is what you end up with. You end up starting Deonta Foreman and Wayne Gallman and getting a combined three points. <laughs> <laughs> get that negative th- negative point three out of Wayne Goldman in your lineup, and you feel great about it going into it too. Like, oh my God, Wayne Goldman's gonna be the guy. Yeah, I uh, had this is how bad it was. Like, so I'll give you a perfect example. I, I went wide receiver heavy in the IDP league with Jamie. That Jamie Eisenberg yeah. that invites me to every single year, which I still hate because I hate IDP. But anyway, it's the only one I play in. I went wide receiver heavy. I had to start Mike Davis and Wayne Goldman, and I did not win this week. You just, yeah. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I, be, I believe. I would believe a team that started Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman didn't win this week. That's sort of just how it's going to go for a team that starts Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman, the Atlanta Falcons included. All right, guys, a few more games that I want to talk about. Dolphins and Jets. The Dolphins get a 24-17 win. Miles Gaskin, the volume is enormous, you guys. Jake, you're shaking your head, so I'm going to make you take this first. I mean, he's a top 20 back, right, the rest of the season? Relatively easily a top 20 back? 
Yeah, that's where he'll finish. But he's it's like I called him Jared Cook last week because you can mm-hmm. never predict no matter the matchup where he's good or where he's bad. He have to hit a good matchup this week and hit on that one. But that was the entire point about Jared Cook is like he will. He'll hit good matchups. He'll hit bad matchups. He'll miss on good matchups and they'll go two good weeks of trusting him and then disappear. That's what it comes down to. I'll give you the easier comparison. A guy who used to play for this team. He's the Will Fuller of running backs. Lamar Miller. You, 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 <laughs> no, Will Fuller. God, you got to play him. Play, like, like used to play yeah, like for this team. Like, it's similar, you know what? It's like <laughs> it, it, DJ Moore. Just keep Miles Gaskin at RB eighteen the rest of the year. You're playing Miles Gaskin every single week because if you try to play, that's, that's what my point is. Like jokes aside, is don't try to play the matchup with Gaskin. Just keep him in your lineup because you have to take the good with the bad, and he'll finish as a top twenty running back. You just gonna have to understand it's gonna be some a few frustrating weeks. Yeah, and I, I will say the downside there is like there's you pretty much have to bank on those little that little like one yarder TD catch or whatever because this offensive line is so bad. Like if he's at the goal line, he's not scoring. Like it's just, just <laughs> you know it's like you can't count. Well, that's on goal why the Duke line. Johnson addition is concerns me a little bit, especially in his first game, and they made Ahmed inactive. That mm-hmm. like that you're talking about those screen pass type situations. Yeah. Like does Duke Johnson take a few away? Right. Exactly. Elijah Moore with another big game, you guys. Eight catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. We've now seen him do it with multiple quarterbacks. It doesn't seem to matter. It feels like that Elijah Moore uh, explosion or the Elijah Moore emergence has arrived. Is he now a must-start player, Funston? I think so. You look at the last month, he's just putting up production. And as you mentioned, I think it's been three different quarterbacks. Um, And you didn't ask us who the biggest winners were of the week. And I was going to say Elijah Moore because, I mean, this is just adding, you know, it's just adding to his resume here. It's been good. And, you know, he was maybe the most hyperbolically praised player in in preseason, you know, Mm -hmm. and. We're actually Terrace kind of, Marshall. What about Terrace Marshall? <laughs> yeah. I think Elijah Morrow even had him trumped, but uh, <laughs> like we're seeing things play out. You know, you can expect with the Jets that they're going to be throwing a lot, you know, mm-hmm. going forward. And so I, I think you have to, you pretty much have to put Elijah Moore in your lineup right now and no, don't even think twice about it. Yeah, I was off. I had Elijah Moore way down this week, mostly because behind Corey Davis. And I'm, I'm glad you went as long as you did, Funston, because you let me pull up all the numbers so I could check. Yeah. <laughs> like, still still third in routes, still you know third in opportunities out there. The interesting thing I brought up to Pat Mayo last week is that Corey Davis actually spends more time in the slot than Elijah Moore does, which is weird. Is that yeah. And it happened. that's what I was looking at yesterday, is did that happen again? And it did. 40% of the snaps for Corey Davis in the slot, 25 for Elijah Moore. The one big play was a little bit of a broken coverage. But again, I'm the guy who always says, don't take that away from the player. The question I came up with for for Meany, and I think this is the conversation going forward, is even though he's behind Corey Davis and playing outside, Elijah Moore or Corey Davis going forward? I think you make the case for Elijah Moore because Mm -hmm. Corey Davis is still drawing the number one coverage and attention. And you talk about talent versus talent. You can make the case that Elijah Moore has the higher ceiling talent. That's why Funston said everybody was just loving him in the draft. He's a real player, and if you're going to continue to throw that, my only concern is that. My only concern is if defenses wake up and say, all right, let's pay equal attention to Elijah mm-hmm. Moore, too. Yeah, you yeah. know, Beller, I, I think we have to offer up a mea culpa for our, our Sunday morning live room. I just recall at least two questions where we told we told the guy to bench Elijah Moore. And just for everybody out there who hasn't done the live the process room yet, was right. indicative <laughs> of our advice normally, but uh, we, yep. we have to call a spade a spade, and we blew those those couple of Elijah Moore questions on Sunday morning. Hey, we'll take a 70% hit rate in <laughs> advance right. any day of the week. And I feel like that's where we, were, where we were at for week 11. The Raiders were very far from that in their 32-13 loss to the Bengals. This offense, you guys, it's just a mess. And like, you're going to play Josh Jacobs. You are obviously yeah. going to play uh, <laughs> uh, Darren Waller with a ton of confidence. But like, can you have confidence in anyone else? Jake, I mean, are, are you not going to play Josh Jacobs? I think you can honestly make an argument for that. He is, he's the, we've been talking about it. He is the terrible version of Derrick Henry. There's zero passing game <laughs> use. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's, it's zero passing game use. Well, you got five a catches. Question it's, still, it's still funny. It can be true and funny at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's really what it comes down to. So it kind of goes back to the conversation of, here's a good example before yesterday because everybody's going to have miles sanders yesterday in their mind it's going to be the freshest but go back Mm -hmm. to the beginning of the season what miles sanders was and we had this conversation miles sanders was usable when you expected the eagles to win 
and obviously is trying to predict that. Josh Jacobs is usable if you expect the Raiders to win. But how many games can you say that? And how many games can you say that, you know, are they going to be run heavy with Darren Waller? And then, you know, Renfro had a bad game, and I don't think that I'm not putting too much weight in that. Like, I still like Renfro. That's one bad game. If you're going to take, what, his third kind of slow game of the season, Renfro's fine. Waller's fine. That's all fine. The Jacobs is the biggest concern. I'll say going to this week, who who do the Raiders have this week? Oh, it's at Dallas. Cowboys on Thanksgiving, yeah. Because they might be in that game, you can make the argument, but I put it this way. I think you could argue Tony Pollard versus Josh Jacobs this week. It's uh, the, next, the upcoming schedule, too. At Dallas, home for Washington, at Kansas City, at Cleveland are the next four games for the Raiders. Yeah, And you put that on paper. It's like you're not, you, you, again, if we expect games to go the way they go, three of those games you probably don't even want to start. Want to. Again, you might have to, but you don't right. want to start Jacobs. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Funston. Uh, no, that's okay. I mean, it's the Cleveland. I feel like we just got to talk about Cleveland not being a good football team, and uh, we're gonna we, yeah. we're we're gonna get to it. Don't worry about it. We'll get to it. Let's talk about Cincinnati though, since we're on that Ohio team here. It's not gonna happen for them, is it, you guys? I kept I keep holding my hope that the the passing game is gonna click in the way that we were thinking it could before the season. Doesn't yeah. feel like it's gonna happen, Funston. I don't know. I just ran the numbers, so. Seven out of ten games, Burrow. <laughs> well, I just I just kind of tallied them. No, it just sounded funny the way like it just. <laughs> well, I just was good look because at seven out of ten games, Burrow's thrown for two fifty nine or more passing yards. Eight out of ten games, he's thrown for two or more passing touchdowns. This was a blowout. I mean, they and you can go back and find a couple other blowouts where they didn't throw. Not really, till late. Yeah, I know, but they, they there's a couple other games on there where Burrow was limited passing wise because you know the game was either you know. It wasn't, uh, you know, they weren't chasing or it was they were they kind of were in control. So I, I don't know that I'm ready to kind of like sail that ship. that They're just not going to you know, be a good passing team going forward. I think it's still completely in play depending on the matchup. Um, all right, guys, we got two more games that we got to talk about here. They were probably the most boring, least consequential fantasy games of week 11. Let's start out with Ravens and Bears. There is something to draw from this going forward, and it's that. Darnell Mooney finally had that big game. He did it without Allen Robinson being active, of course, but it's a quick turnaround for the Bears playing the game that everyone wants to watch Thursday, Thanksgiving, start your day right. Bears and Lions get ready for a matchup with the two teams that are combined 3-16-1 on the season. Darnell Mooney, five catches, 16 targets, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Does that do anything for you going forward, Jake? Yeah, do you know what his team target percentage was for this week? Forty-eight point five percent. It had to be close to fifty. I was just wondering <laughs> how many cl- people in NFL history have had eleven more targets than catches in a game. <laughs> you know, uh, that's a, a, yeah. a very good question. The, Pull up in stat head and find out. I will. Yeah. The, the <laughs> next closest were McLaurin and Ayuk at thirty-five percent each, and I just bring that up: the whether it's Fields or whether it's Dalton. Uh, Fields has clearly been the connection with Mooney. Mooney's his top option. And Dalton hit that big play almost right out of the gate when he came in at quarterback. I expect a little bit more balance with Allen Robinson with Dalton, Dalton as we've seen. And it's just also because Dalton's a little better about still reading the the coverage and mm-hmm. going through his progressions. So I would expect, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. I'm not expecting even 35% for Dalton Mooney team target percentage. But he's still startable. I think that you just put him down in what he's been. Fringe wide receiver three, high end wide receiver four, boom bust potential. But I would go Mooney before I went Allen Robinson still, even if it's Dalton. Yeah, feels like that's sort of the the way you have to go with it. Is Devontae Freeman a thing, Funston? Is that anything you want to get excited about? (laughs) It's kind of hard to say with, uh, you know, no Lamar Jackson. I don't know how much you make of just that that Ravens offense in general, Um, you know, so I mean, he's still he's still playing Latavius Murray, you know, back. And I think that he is a thing in the fact that he probably splits those touches. Mm-hmm. But again, it's sort of like some of these other backfields that we talk about. Like, do we care? Do we care yeah. that he's going to still be involved? Mm-hmm. I don't personally, yeah. I'll just speak for myself. I don't care. Do we care is a perfect transition to the last game of week 11 that we are considering Browns with a 13 to 10 win over the Lions. I'll tell you what I care about. You guys had the Browns and survivor. So that was great for me. It was it was not fun. It was not a fun watch. But I am now one of 12, potentially 13 people remaining in a big survivor pool that I'm in, depending on what happens tonight. So I'm happy with the way things turned out. So, you know, Barry Horowitz, pat myself on the back. Yay, me. Uh, Jake, is there anything that happened in this game that you care? I mean, we 
Chubb had a great game, expected. DeAndre Swift had a great game, expected. Is there anything that happened outside of those two guys that you care about at all? Nope. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, to answer Phil Mike's question, Devontae Freeman is the terrible version of blank. Uh, Miles Gaskin. He's the terrible version of Miles Gaskin like, yeah. at this point. Hey, look, all you care about is Swift James and Chubb. Connor? Move How about on. James Conner? Terrible version of James Conner? Uh, that's a good one. I can see that. Yeah. James Conner's actually James Conner tied for the rushing touchdown lead. Still 13. He got his touchdown to tie back with Jonathan Taylor. Like I would say Durandus Johnson, if you have a matchup like this, but even in this game, he didn't do as much as I expected. I thought Durandus Johnson was in play as a solid high end RB three because facing the Lions, but the Browns offense is so broken at this point. I said this to me on my show. Why are we still, why are the Browns still rolling Baker Mayfield out there? Like he, he was, is, I mean, he was you would talk about broken the, down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might be worse than grief. Russell Wilson right now. So, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I agree on Dearness Johnson. They ran 36 times and Dearness Johnson had five carries. I just thought. Does progressive do health insurance? I mean, Baker <laughs> might need to check. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he can get it. He knows, he knows a, a person over there. He can probably get a deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was a guy. limping all over the field. Is there anyone for anything you care about in this game? Fun? Well, I mean, it's Tim Boyle, but Hawkinson, you know, he got, he got 50 yards and, and had like, a, you know, a handful of catches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of 37 of those came on one play, something like whatever. That, it was a goose egg last time out. So we just needed, you know, well, then let's go back to something good. Real quick, I was just pulling up the last four games for Donald Mooney. Yeah. He's wide receiver 12 overall and nine in points per game. Oh, well, I, was, oh, right. I, I thought Darnell Mooney and Elijah Moore would be a pretty good showdown kind of pick them. And I think I'm going Elijah Moore, but I, they both. I'm Mooney. They both. There. Mooney there tunes. Go. Mooney versus Moore. Rest yeah. of season. There you go. Mooney Write tunes. down. Mooney versus Moore. And thank you. Was that oh, good job? Way to get us out of here on a positive note, on a Darnell Mooney versus Elijah Moore. We can find things to like about bad teams in the fantasy world, about a lot of bad teams. The Bears are bad. The Jets are bad. But there are things to get excited about with them. The Detroit Lions, not so much. He's actually so number again, two, by the way. Who is Moore? Elijah Moore. Yeah. Since week eight in points and overall. Detroit Lions, not quite that team that gets our juices flowing in the fantasy world. So like I said, get yeah. ready, America. Lions and Bears to start off your Thanksgiving day. There's really, I mean, a Thanksgiving tradition Enjoy unlike your any other. Any, any, any <laughs> other. We will definitely, we will have another episode for you before Thanksgiving. So we will say happy Thanksgiving to you. Then we're going to wrap things up for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. For Jake, for Funston, I am Michael Beller signing off. We'll talk to you again at the uh, on Wednesday as we set things up for week 12. See you later. Good luck for anyone who needs anything Monday night. We'll talk to you soon, guys. See you.